get a hold of the significance of prayer in your in your daily life. Get get a hold of the significance of prayer in your daily life. Not not when you um, not when you need something. Not when all of a sudden you you something something comes against you. But understand the significance of prayer in your daily life. You know, this past Sunday talked about synergy and, 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 you know, it's working with God. And that aspect of working with God. Realize that, that prayer wasn't something that he gave you just so you could come to him in a time of need. Right? Prayer is the aspect of working with God in the earth. You know, prayer is in the simple in the in the most simplest form is just making requests. But the the purpose of prayer was communion with God. That's the purpose of prayer. It's it's to, it, it's not a monologue. <laughs> it's a dialogue. It, it, it's it's a it's is it's, it's back and forth. It's him communicating to you, you communicating to him. Amen. Prayer. Don't t- don't take prayer as as just a well that's that's something my mama did. Or that's that, 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 that lady at the church, she, she's the prayer. No, no, you need to be a prayer. Amen. I need to be a prayer. Yeah. Amen? Yeah. Amen. Getting hooked up with heaven and bringing it past his will in the earth. And that's what this 15 minutes before service is, yeah. is all about, is, is tapping into the heart of God, praying out his will for the church, for the service, uh, in any other direction the Lord may give us. And amen. God is good. <laughs> Thank you, Father. Turn the Bible to First Timothy chapter six. If you're new here on Wednesday nights, right now we have not just in here, but we have two other classes going on in the back. We have a freedom class, and hearing some great things about that, and also the finance class as well. And if you haven't been a part of those, we'll, we'll be having those in the future as well, so you can get hooked up with this. I believe uh, both those classes going back back in there. I believe that uh, everyone should just go through those at least once, and and I believe it's uh, something to definitely impact your life. And, but in here, we're talking about fighting the good fight of faith. Amen. Fighting the good fight of faith. And so 1 Timothy chapter 6 says this. It says, verse 12 says, Fight the good fight of faith and lay hold on eternal life whereunto thou art called. You're called to something. You're called to eternal life. You're called to the God kind of life. You're, you're called to live different than the way the world lives. See, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold of eternal life for there until you're called. You're called to a life that's different than the world's way of living. You know, when I, when I got born again, you know, it, it, my life didn't change over. Yeah, something changed in me overnight. I, I was, something became alive on the inside of me. There was something, you know, my eyes opened to something and, and, and my ears opened to something. And, and so, so therefore, when I went back to try to do some of the things I was doing before, they, they just didn't sit right. They, they, it was like something's different. Something's different. Hallelujah. Joseph, can you um, do something with the air? It's really cold in here. Sorry. <laughs> it's really cold in here. 
<laughs> Sorry about those online. It might be nice and warm where you're at, but it's right now my hands are like white. And it's like, wow. I can't feel that, Jeremiah. Isn't that, isn't that cold? <laughs> Hallelujah. That's it. Cold. Thank you, Jim. Appreciate that. But here, this is this. I was called to all of a sudden when when I accepted Christ into my life, it was all of a sudden I was all of a sudden it was it was Him on the inside of me, and all of a sudden now I'm called to something new, and so therefore it's laying hold of that. Don't don't let go of that. So sometimes people stop at that born again experience when when the born again experience was just the beginning, and it was to take you forward into the greater life that God has for you, you and I. Amen. So he says, fight the good fight of faith. You know, if, we're, if you're going to fulfill that calling, it's going to take a fight. It's not just going to happen automatically. It's not all of a sudden the enemy is just going to roll over and, and just leave you alone because now you're born again or, or, or everything's just going to happen right in life. Everything's just going to flow right. You're always going to make the right decisions, always make the right choice. No, no. The thing is, it's a fight because the enemy wants to move you off of the truth that God has established in your life and established in your heart. Fighting the good fight of faith. Faith is a, is a supernatural force. It's not a natural force. It's not a natural faith. It is a supernatural thing. It is a, it is something that, 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 that God, it's the way God lives. It's the way how God created everything that you and I see. So faith is a conquering force. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, it is a substance that causes the kingdom of God to operate in the earth. Faith, fighting the good fight of faith. It's a fight. It's, this is a, a fight. And, and I'm not, and, and I'm not coming from a standpoint that it, it's something that we need to be worried about the enemy in our life. No, no, we have authority over the enemy. We have authority over the enemy. So fighting the good fight of faith is about taking your position and taking your place as a son of God, as a child of God. That, that's fighting the good fight of faith. It's standing strong right in the midst of adversity and, and saying, saying, I'm, I am victorious. It might not look like it right now, but you know what? When the dust settles, I'm in victorious. Amen. Fighting the good fight of faith. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I'm not going to have time to re- review everything. I may touch on a few things. And last week, uh, Trey, such an awesome message last week, started touching on, you know, uh, the weapons for warfare. And we'll, we'll, we'll touch on that. But we're still going to be dealing with the belt of truth tonight. All right. Hallelujah. So 2 Corinthians chapter 10. I believe I need to sew some of these things into our hearts again. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse three says, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. Meaning though we're walking through this life, our enemy isn't natural. It's supernatural. I'm not, I'm not, you're not fighting against your spouse. You're not fighting against the, the, the world economy. You're not fighting. It's not natural things. It's, it's, it's spiritual warfare. It's a spiritual thing. And, and some people have wrong mindsets of, of spiritual warfare. There, there's a place for spiritual warfare, 
But sometimes people have a misconception of what spiritual warfare is. And, and some of these things, you know, will, will, will come out. What is true spiritual warfare? In verse four says, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God of the pulling down of strongholds, strongholds, pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. So, so when you are standing in faith, these are two things that you're going to constantly have to do. You're going to have to cast down imaginations and you're going to, have to bring into captivity every thought that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, right? Or you could say, what's the knowledge of God? You could say, that's the word of God. So I'm going to have to cast down imagination. See, if you're standing in faith for something, the enemy is going to be bombarding your mind of, of what it doesn't look like or, or what you can't have and, or what you'll never be. And it'll constantly bombarding your thinking and, and see, and see that is spiritual warfare is the imaginations. You say, well, I thought, I thought, you know, there's principalities up there and there, there's spiritual wickedness up there. There is, but how are the, how are those spiritual forces going to operate in the earth through imaginations? Through imaginations. It's, it's through, it's through those principalities speaking in its suggestions, speaking in ideas, speaking in mindsets, speaking in different things into the heart of, 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 of man. And what happens is then man lays hold of those imaginations and then man therefore operates based on what their imaginations are. Imaginations. You know, in Noah's day, it said when every imagination was wicked continually. See, that, that's what the enemy wants the, the, the world to continue to be is a place where that prince of the power of the air, the God of this world, is infiltrating the people's minds. It's not just something that's out there. Yes, there is a spiritual dynamic in the world, and, but it realize how does he operate? He operates through the strongholds that come from imaginations. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. You know, imaginations. You know, I heard, heard a minister talk about this one time, and he said he, said he was at a, a, a tall building, you know, a, a, a really tall building, and, and he looked out over the side. And, and as soon as he looked out over the side, he, he, there was all of a sudden something came to him and said, why don't you jump? And the minister goes, well, why don't you jump? You see, see now, 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 now listen, because so many times people have thoughts that come into people's minds and all of a sudden they take them as that was their thought. Well, what if I just rode, drove off the road right now? What if, what if this, or, or, or what if that? And, and, and then how, and see, now, now listen, this is how he, he, the opposite. If you don't know the spiritual wickedness in high places and you don't know how the enemy and the God of this world operates. See, the person that hears that, well, why don't you just jump? Well, someone that's in the earth and hears that time and time and time again, and they're like, yeah, well, maybe, maybe, maybe I am suicidal. 
maybe I am. Maybe, maybe, maybe I had that thought. So maybe that means then that's, that's the way I am. And, and that's who I am. And, and all of a sudden you take on those thoughts and, and then all of a sudden then, then those thoughts are meditated on and that drives someone to do something they normally wouldn't do. But it all started just with a thought. But you know what? It's doesn't, it, not necessarily your thought. See, you have power to think what you want to think. And sometimes they'll tell you that the enemy has almost made the body of Christ or believers fear powerless. And they don't know why they're thinking these things. And therefore, that, then they all of a sudden their lives are shaped by those things. But that's not who they really are. And, and, and it's those seeds of imaginations, those seeds of imaginations, those seeds of imaginations. And the next thing you know, it affects them. Depression sets in, discouragement sets in. And all of a sudden it changes, it, it, it changes their body. It changes everything about them because all they gave into the suggestion. You have, we have power, you have power to think what you want to think. So therefore, you have power to cast down thoughts. There, there are some thoughts that come into your head. You just need to cast them down. You, you need to throw some thoughts down. And it doesn't matter where those thoughts came from. Maybe, maybe some, someone spoke into you your entire life. Well, this is just the way you are. And that's the way you are. And, and all of a sudden, it, now it became your reality. You know, people have all these ideas, you know, about sexual orientation and so many different things. But it all began with some sort of thought that, well, maybe that's who I am. Right. See, it's, it's, that's how the enemy operates. And, and, and what happens is it, it, it's, it's the God of the world shapes what people think. Now, I... I I'm not going to get political, but just this here, because I, I want you to hear, because this, this deals with perception. It deals with media. Now, if I'll be honest, I'm not going to ask you to show of hands. If people say, people would say Donald Trump doesn't like immigrants in our country. If you ask that a national poll, you have, you have tons of people may, may raise it. He doesn't like immigrants. He doesn't want immigrants in our country. Because of what people hear and hear and here, and here, and here. But yet, but yet, have you looked at facts? Okay, true facts. The last year of Obama being in office, 310,000 people were deported. 51% were criminals. Trump's first year in office, only 309,000 309, were deported, and 91% of them were criminals. So if you were to hear what, about what's going on and things that are being said based on popular opinion, but I'm just saying, this is just that you have to be careful because they'll say, well, they'll, all of a sudden that you'll take on that idea and it brings division. It brings all sorts of things because it's how the enemy sows things into the earth to get you to not like me and me to not like you. And all these things are how the prince of the power of the air operates. See, I'm not, I'm not defending one side or the other. I'm just saying these are facts. But what happens if people hear one thing all the time? Well, he just doesn't like that. No, the bottom line with it, he just wants it to be reformed. Just a different process. So, so I know I just probably offended some people in here. But, but the whole thing is I want you to see how, how, the, 
how the prince of the power operates. Because he wants to divide. He, he wants to divide. He wants to separate you from God. He wants to destroy faith. He wants to destroy you and keep you away from your purpose. So, so if he can, you can be up there and have the suggestion, well, why don't you just jump? And all of a sudden you're like, man, yeah, my life is really rough right now. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't know what's going to happen. And the next thing you know, the enemy's taking you out and you did not fulfill your purpose in the earth. Thank you, Father. Go to, go to Ephesians chapter 6. Ephesians chapter 6. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. My fight isn't against you. And the fight that's going on in in our world, in the earth, is not not a man-to-man fight. It It is a spiritual weapon. It's a spiritual battle. That's trying to get people from stop looking at the answer. To stop looking at the answer. To stop looking at God. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. He said put on the whole armor of God. That you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. So as we put on this armor. We now have ability to stand against what we need to stand against. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood. So we don't wrestle face to face or like Trace, it last eyeball to eyeball with flesh and blood, but against the principalities, against the powers and rulers of darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Then he says, wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth. So wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God. The phrase take unto you is a Greek word that is analabeta. Analabeta. And so when it says take unto you, it's not just, just doing this the first time. But what it's actually saying is you need to do what you used to do. Analabeta. Labeta means to repeat an action. And Anna's do it like you used to do it. So, so go back and, and so now he's, now he's, this is something that they already knew. So therefore he's saying, you know, you let some things go in your life. So wherefore take unto you the whole armor of God, do it like you used to do it. Put on the whole armor of God. You've let some things down. You've set some things down. You, 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 you've done some things and you've kind of got kind of lazy with this, but you know what? I'll, you need to pick it up once again and put on that whole armor of God. That you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done all to stand, stand therefore. Stand therefore. Say that with me. Stand therefore. Stand therefore. And it says, having your loins girt about with truth. As Trey talked about this truth. Last week he talked about this belt of truth that all the different armor 
hang on this truth, the word of God, the logos of God. Not the race, the logos. Everything, everything hangs on this truth. And so you can stand. You see, fighting the good fight of faith and laying on, it's about standing in the midst of adversity. It's about standing. And when, and when you're standing in the midst of something and you're standing in faith and you're fighting the good fight of faith, you'll have all sorts of things that will come into your thinking. You'll doubt yourself. You'll doubt others. You'll doubt God. You'll doubt all sorts of things. But here he says, take unto you the, 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 the whole armor of God. And he goes and, and stand there for what with the belt of truth. Go to Psalm chapter 51 real quick. And I just want you to see one scripture. And then we'll. Thank you, Father. Psalms 51. Verse 6. It says, Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts. Amplified says, Behold, you desire truth in the inner being. You desire truth in the inner being. The psalmist is writing, he's writing from God's perspective, and he says, Behold, you desire truth in your innermost being. Wow. See, truth is so important. But you see, the God of this world... Now, let's go back. Let's go to 2 Corinthians uh, 4. So this is Wednesday night, so it's kind of like Bible school. (laughs) Hallelujah. How about truth? Standing with that belt of truth. Why, Why is truth so important and fighting the good fight of faith. Verse 3, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 3, it says, But if our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Now, gospel is the good news. You could say gospel could be truth, right? So you could say, but if truth is hidden, it's hidden to them that are lost. If truth is hidden, it's hidden to those that are lost. The next verse says, in whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Now, so let's read it like this. But if our truth is hidden, it's hidden to them that are lost. If truth is hidden, it's hidden to them that are lost. In whom? Why is it, why is it hidden? Because the God of this world has blinded their minds. Where, where do our imaginations at? In the mind. In whom the God of this world has blinded the minds of them that don't believe. Lest the light of the gospel. Or you say, lest the glorious truth of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. So if the gospel is truth and, and, and the God of this word wants to hide you, hide the truth from you, because as long as he can hide truth from you, he can keep you blind. And if he can, he can keep you blind, then he can keep you deceived. And if he can keep you deceived, he can keep you bound. 
Do you understand? So, so here it says, this is the, I'm talking about, this is, you know, the God, the principalities of the air, right? He's the God of this world. And what is his whole intent to keep you from seeing truth? But yet what does God desire? It says, behold, that I desire that you have truth in your innermost being. In whom is the image of God should shine unto them. Meaning, meaning, meaning the enemy doesn't want you to see truth because as long as you don't see truth, you won't be free. Go to John chapter three. And I, and I just heard a couple of people say this scripture. While you're turning to John chapter three, John chapter eight says this. It says, if you continue in my word, you will know the truth and the truth will make you free. You see, truth is equal to, in that in 2 Corinthians 4, is equal to light. Darkness is equivalent to deception. You see, darkness blinds and deception binds. Light will cause you to see and truth will make you free. Let me say it again. Darkness causes you to be blind. And deception causes you to, to causes to be to bind. But yet truth causes you to see and light causes you to be free. So that's what you see truth. I want you to really see this. Why does God desire truth in the inward parts? Because he wants you free. See, the enemy wants you so bombarded by all the things that are out here to to blind you and, and to deceive you to keep us bound. But yet truth is what sets us free. Truth is so important. Look at John chapter three, verse 16, familiar scripture. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. For God sent not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. Now, he that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already because he had not believed in the name of the only begotten son of God. Now, look at this verse. And this is the condemnation that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light. You see this? It says, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world. And what does light do? Light brings freedom. But what's equivalent to light? Truth. And this is the condemnation that truth has come into the world and men love darkness rather than truth because their deeds were evil. Hallelujah. See, I know this is not one of them jump and shout messages. You know, it's just... This, this is this is some some meat tonight. All right. This 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 is this hopefully just wake us up to really how the enemy operates. See, he desires truth in your innermost being because because truth is what makes you free. See, we we could call Jesus. We could call him truth. We could call the gospel truth. We could call the word truth. We can call the Holy Spirit truth because he's a spirit of truth. And so constantly how, how what, what the enemy tries to do is constantly try to pull you away from truth. Yes. Hallelujah. 
you, Father. So he that believes on truth is not condemned, but the he that doesn't believe truth is condemned already. If you don't believe on truth, what did Corinthians say? You're, you're, you're blind. You're walking in darkness. Let's go to Romans chapter 1. Romans chapter 1. Thank you, hon. I appreciate that. <laughs> Hallelujah. Verse 17. Probably going to take you to some scriptures you may have never read before tonight. So, But it's the word. Amen. Verse 17 says, For therein is righteousness of God revealed from faith to faith. As it is written, the just shall live by faith. For the wrath of God is revealed... From heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in unrighteousness. Against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men, what are these unrighteous men? They hold the truth in unrighteousness. So if they, they are holding the truth in unrighteousness, that means they heard truth. So we're not talking about someone that, that doesn't know truth or has never heard the word. All right? The next verse says, because that which may be known of God is manifest in them, for God had shown it unto them. Meaning, we're talking about people that God revealed something to them. But yet, they revealed it, but yet they're still holding the word in a position of unrighteousness. Verse 20 says, for the invisible things of him from the creation of the world are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Meaning they're without excuse because they heard something, they were shown something. Okay? Verse 21, because that when they knew God. When they knew God. They glorified him not as God. Neither were they thankful, but they become va- became vain in their imaginations. And their foolish heart was darkened. So here, they, had it. they were acquainted with the word. They were acquainted with truth. They were acquainted with, with all these things. But, but yet, they, even when they knew him, they weren't thankful. And, they became, and what happens when you didn't, that you're not giving heed to truth is they became what? Vain in their imaginations. And their heart was darkened. They professed themselves to be wise, but they became fools. Now get this. And they changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into the image like to uncorruptible man and to birds, four-footed beasts, and creeping things. Pretty much they started worshiping things that looked like animals. Verse 24. Wherefore God also gave them up to the uncleanness through the lust of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. You see, you see, you, we have to stand on truth. See, that's when the enemy is coming against your life and, and things are going against your life. That's where you have to stand on truth. And see, what happened with this group of people is, is they exchanged the truth for a lie. And when they exchanged truth for the lie, they, their imaginations became darkened. And all of a sudden, they start becoming what God never intended them to be. <laughs> Someone say amen. <laughs> <It> just <laughs> Hallelujah. You see, like I said, people, 
in the time we live in don't want truth. You know, if, if someone confronts you with truth, you may be persecuted. You know, you know people don't want to. They loved darkness rather than light. Because light reveals changes that we need to make. And that's why you might hear someone say, don't judge me. I, I, I'm not going to judge you, but you know, I'll read you the word and I'll let the word judge you. And I'm talking about I'm perfect. I mean, it's not about my perfection. This, this is all having to do is, is do, do we want to, do we want to be free or do we want to be bound? And so here, because they didn't, they refused to hold on to the truth. They, they, they end up going a direction. They end up going a, a direction that they were never supposed to go. Go to Second Timothy, chapter four. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Actually, let's go to chapter 3 first. Verse 1 says, But understand this, that in the last days will come perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with, hard to bear. I'm reading the Amplified. For people will be lovers of self, self-centered, lovers of money, aroused by inordinate desires for wealth, proud, arrogant, contentious boasters. They'll be abusive, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, profane. Verse 3 they will be without natural human affection, callous, relentless, slanders, loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled, fierce haters of good. They'll be treacherous, betrayers, rash, inflated with self-conceit. They'll be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than rather than lovers of God. For they hold a form of piety, of true religion. They deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Verse 13 says... But evil men and seducers shall wax worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. See, this is the whole aspect is, is lies of the enemy are meant to deceive you. Truth is meant to set you free. Now, let's look at chapter four, verse two it says, preach the word. Or you can say, preach truth. Be instant in season and out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine. See, this is all the end times, and, and I believe we're living in the end times. And it says here, for a time will come when they will not endure sound doctrines. But after their own lusts shall they heap to themselves teachers having itching ears. For they shall turn away their ears, what, from the truth, and shall turn unto fables. Now hear this, we're seeing a parallel here. In the last days, this is what it's going to be like. But then it says here, he's telling Timothy, but you know what, you need to preach the word. You need to preach the word because, because the truth that you're going to preach is what's going to change them. The truth that you're going to preach is what's going to change them. You know what, and there's going to, some people not going to like it. And they're going to heap into themselves teachers and they're going to have itching ears and, and they're going to turn from the truth 
See, if you can turn from the truth, then what happens is the enemy will blind you. And if he blinds you, he deceives you. Is you turn unto fables. What are fables? Fables are stories that aren't factual. One definition of fables is it's, it's oftentimes dealing with animals, certain characters that have some sort of moral character to it. Meaning it looks good, it sounds good. It's kind of like, you know, you know, okay, the whole world, okay, we all love each other. You know, uh, it doesn't matter what you do. It doesn't matter what I do. I can live how I want to live. And, and you can have all this. And, and you can do that. And everything's acceptable. And no one's doing anything wrong. God loves us all because, because he loves everyone. And, and he doesn't mind how you live. You can live any way you want to live. And you know what? Just, you know, just, just, just come to church and give me your money. You see, that, that's, that's not the nature and the heart of God. Because, because if that's the, that's your understanding, then, then you're going to be like the church in Romans chapter one that knew God, but yet see, see, when you turn to the truth, you turn from the truth, then there's only one way to turn into deception. He desires truth. I know this is a different message tonight. All right. It's different for me preaching it, but, but understand this, this is what, what, what God wants because this has to do with fighting the good fight of faith because the enemy is going to try to deceive you and pull you off of the word, pull you off of, uh, of what you're called to do, pull you off and pull you away from your purpose, pull you away from the calling on your life, pull you away and pull you back into some things that, that are going to be bigger hindrances in your life. He desires truth in the inward parts. Why? Because he wants you free. And I'm telling you, the God of this world wants you bound. Because as long as you're bound, you can't help anyone. As long as you're bound, you can't bless anyone. Truth. Truth. And that's why some people I've heard, you know, that that come to this church and we're a word church and be like, man, Pastor, that's, I, I don't know if I can do that. I don't, man. Just give me something that's going to make me feel good. Just, just stroke my flesh. You know, just, just make me think that my life's okay, okay? Don't challenge me. Don't. I'm telling you, you're in, we're in a fight. Yes. Truth. Go to Second Thessalonians. Second Thessalonians. Chapter two. Thank you, Father. As now we beseech you, brethren, by the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and by our gathering together unto him. That you be not soon shaken in mind, that you not be shaken in mind, that you won't be shaken in mind or be troubled, neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter as from us, as that the day of Christ is at hand. 
What does he mean by here? That you not be shaken in mind or be troubled neither by spirit nor by word nor by letter from us. What was happening here is, is there was a deception going on in the church. And there were people even writing letters to churches and signing Paul's name to them. And so what we're saying here, he goes, even if it's a letter from us, don't, it's not for me. So don't be shaken by what you're reading. And and I'm going to go to it in a minute because I'm going to explain to you what was being written. What was being written was they were saying the resurrection already took place. The resurrection already happened. And so now think about that. Think about the, 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 the time that they're living in. And here they're so looking at for the coming of Jesus. You know, and you and I, we're awaiting the coming of Jesus. But think if that deception can be sowed into someone's life and heart, why would you expect his return if he's already come? Why would you live differently? Why would you act differently? So the enemy always wants to pull you away from truth so you can live in deception. And so the enemy, so, so, so the enemy had caused people to write these letters saying, hey, the resurrection's already take place. It's already happened. It's a, it's a done deal. And so Paul is saying, hey, don't be shaken by the things that you're hearing. Verse three says, let no man deceive you by any means. Don't let any man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. And the man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who oppose and exalts himself above all that's called God or that is worshiped. So that he as God sitting in the temple of God shows himself that he is God. Remember you not. Remember you not that when I was yet with you, I told you these things. So what is he saying that? Remember the truth. Remember what I see. This is what's said, but I want you to remember the truth. And now you know what withholdeth that he might be revealed in his time. For the mystery of iniquity doth already work. Only he who now lets, letteth will let until he be taken out of the way. Now let's look at verse 10. Actually, verse 9. Even him who's coming, he's talking about the Antichrist, whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and signs and lying wonders. And with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish. Because they receive not the love of the truth. So I brought this scripture up because I want you to see this. What will cause people to be deceived? What will cause them to be shaken in their minds? He, he was even saying, hey, there's going to be a time where wonders, signs and wonders are going to happen. But he says they're lying wonders. And there's dece- deceivableness of unrighteousness. And they'll perish. Meaning gonna, you're gonna, there's going to be a time when people are going to see all these things and they're going to think that they're God. But they're really not. So how were they deceived? It says because... They receive not the love of the truth. You see, truth is what we hold on to. Yeah, I'm grateful for signs and wonders, and I'm expecting signs and wonders. But signs and wonders. I love prophecy. I love, I love the gifts of the Spirit. I love all those things, but, but those things aren't supposed to go beyond truth. So when you stop loving the truth... When you stop putting this as first place in your life, then what happens? It sets us up to be deceived. So when you're when you're 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 fighting the good fight of faith and you're having done all to stand, stand there for your loins girt about with truth. 
You have to, you have to stay in the truth. Stay in the truth. It doesn't matter what it looks like right now. Stay in the truth. Yeah, all my friends left me, but you know what? I'm staying in the truth. Right now it doesn't look right, but you know what? I'm going to stay in the truth. Fighting the good fight of faith. See, you're going to have all sorts of opportunities to be pulled away from different things. You know what? Offense can pull you away from, from where you need to be in God. And can deceive you thinking that, well, it's okay. I have a right to feel that way. No, that's, that's deception. And ultimately, somewhere along the line, that you love that deception more than you love truth. And that's where our world is right now. They, they want to hold on to truth or deception and stay in darkness instead of hold on to truth. Remember, darkness blinds. Deception binds. Light will cause you to see and truth will make you free. See, they were deceived because they didn't love the truth. I'm telling you, when you're stand, having done all to stand there for, and you're in a battle for your life, I'm telling you, hold on to truth. Amen. Hold on to truth. Because truth is the key to your victory. Truth is the key to your breakthrough. Truth is the key to your change. Continue in the truth. Hallelujah. You know, Annette and I had an opportunity to talk to, to, to a couple, you know, the, you know before service and, and, and just hearing their heart and, and hearing, hearing the changes that have taken place over their life over the last six months. It was just awesome and really blessed our hearts. But, you know, it's, it's because as they're staying around the truth, and they're not perfect. I'm not perfect. But, you know, as I continue to connect to truth, you know, a little more of me gets out of the way. A little more of my old, old me is, is gone. A little more of him comes in. So, so it's this constant as I'm holding on to truth. It's bringing change and freedom to my life. Amen. And I'll close with this. Let's go to, let's go to um, 2 Timothy. 2 Timothy chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. See, I wasn't going to start in 16, but I think I need to go up to 14. I think there's something here. It says, of these things, put them in remembrance, charging them before the Lord that they strive, that they strive not about words to no profit, but to the subverting of their hearers. Amplified says, Remind the people of these facts and solemnly charge them in the presence of the Lord to avoid petty controversy over words which does no good but upsets and undermines the faith of the hearers. Verse 15, Study to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. So it says, you should study to do this, not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, but shun profane and vain babblings, for where they will increase unto more ungodliness. So here you, you have one aspect where you, you give yourself to the truth 
Rightly divide the word of truth. Study to show yourself approved. To know the truth. Then he turns around and says, but you know what? Don't, don't mess around with those profane things. Don't mess around with, with those vain, those empty babblings. The things that don't make sense. The things that are those fables. The things that are just good ideas. Why? Because they'll just increase to more ungodliness. You're going to end up being more like the world. Verse 17. And their word will eat as doth a canker of whom is Hymaeus and Philetus. The Amplified says, says, and their teachings will devour it, will eat its way like cancer or spread like gangrene. So it is with Hymaeus and Alexander. What's, what's he talking about here? See, at one time, this Alexander and, and Philetus, they, they were, they were, man, they were mighty men of God. They, they weren't someone that, that, that started out this way. But what happened is because they gave themselves to wrong teachings, they gave themselves to wrong thinking. It said that teaching spreads like a cancer. That teacher, that teaching spreads like gangrene. And what happened as that teaching, that wrong teaching is going is deceiving people. It's deceiving people. You know what? And as it's deceiving people, it's pulling people away from their purpose. These were probably people that were, were supposed to establish churches in different areas. But yet those churches may never got established because they gave themselves to these wrong teachings. And that teaching, those wrong babblings, those wrong thinkings, he says, shun those things. Why does he say shun those things? Because you don't want to be like them. Don't turn into them. But instead, you need to study to show yourself approved. So you can what? Rightly divide the truth. See, if I can rightly divide the truth, that means when I hear something, okay, that's God. That's not God. That's God. That's not God. Okay, that's God. That's not God. Rightly divide the word. And, and some people will love today to say, well, that's just my opinion of the scriptures. Yeah, but your opinion of the scripture is also counseling out six other scriptures. <laughs> And see, ultimately, people want to take the truth that they like. You know, often I'll hear, you know, that they like the one, don't judge me. Well, I can judge fruit. <laughs> Let me get back on point here. The, the truth, shun those things. Why? Because what's going to happen is wrong truth is going to destroy your life. It's going to deceive you. And not only that, but it may destroy other people. It may, your wrong revelation maybe be destroying your children. I've seen, I've seen Wrong ideas within church settings where all of a sudden in that church setting, they had friends and different things like that. And, and all of a sudden they want to, they had a, had a group of people, a small group. And all of a sudden in the group, they start teaching something, but yet it's not what I teach. And next thing I know, you've got these 10 people or 12 people have been taught something else. That's not truth. 
And next thing you know, it, it affects those 12 people. And all of a sudden they leave and try to start another church. And, and that church ends up failing because they didn't start a church out of God said, and, and they go start that church. And then what happens is now you have these 12 people that have been scattered and thought they were doing God's will. And all of a sudden now they're broken. Now they're offended at God. I'm just saying this, this, it's how it works. It's how the enemy operates. I had no clue I was going to say all that. So, so shun these things for they'll increase to more godliness, ungodliness. And then verse 18, who concerning the truth have erred? So these two men, Hymaeus and Philetus, who concerning the truth have erred, saying that the resurrection is past already. And they overthrow the faith of some. You see, deception got them to the point where it caused other people's faith to be overthrown. And that's why as a pastor and as a, as a teacher, and my heart is, is for this word, is, and, and is I don't want you to be overthrown in life. I don't want you to be overthrown in life. Therefore, I have to speak truth. Whether it's comfortable, whether it's not comfortable, whether it's easy, whether it's, whether it's, it's encouraging, whether it's, it, it, it's a rebuke, whatever it is, we have to come to a place where, where we long and hunger for truth. Just as much as God in, in, in Psalm 51 says, behold, he desires truth in the inward parts. I lift my hands, Father. I desire truth in my life. Awaken me to truth. If there's any area of my life, Father, that I'm deceived in, open my eyes to it. But see, you got to be careful. Any moment you, you hear something, you're like, well, I just don't believe that. Be careful. Be careful. Walk lightly. Because it might be the very thing you need to hear to change. And trust me, there's, there's, there's churches, there's pastors, there's ministers that don't preach truth, okay? So just because someone stands behind a pulpit or has a, a show on TBN uh, doesn't mean that you're hearing truth. Just because they might have... A doctor in front of their name or, or masters in this or mat doesn't mean that they know truth. This is truth. And I want to encourage you measure everything that I preach by the word. Measure everything. I'm not a know it all. I'll be the first one to tell you that, that, that I don't have it all together. That I'm a perfect teacher, that I understand scripture backwards and forwards. My heart is open to truth. Amen. Father, we thank you for the word tonight. And Father, as a body, we desire truth in our inward parts. And Lord, as this word has gone forth here and those watching by way of the internet, I thank you, Father, for light to go forth. I come against the God of this world. That's blinding and the deception that's causing people to be bound. And I thank you for light to go forth and truth to set people free. Father, that we would be founded in the truth, 
that in this day, this time that we're living in, Father, I thank you that we put on the whole armor of God and we have our loins girt about with truth and we're standing with that belt of truth. Thank you for victory in our lives, victory in our children, victory in our purpose, victory in our relationships, victory in what you've called us to do. I thank you that we are all coming up to another level. We're growing and we're changing in every way. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Receive that word tonight. Amen. Give him a shout of praise of the word. Joseph, come up and receive the offering.